Here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 270 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, don't forget you can reach out to us. Uh, just go to our website, ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah, if you need a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook, we have written those just for you. We'd love to be on your team. It starts with the playbook, then follows up with a Zoom call with us. We can help you strategize about your real estate journey. Yeah. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, can you imagine uh, playing a little softball in Central Park in New York City and you show up on a Tuesday night? And one major leaguer, a six-time All-Star, actually shows up, and he's on the opposing team. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you, we'll tell you who that is and why he's doing it. Also, a new article out this week: Does America have a drinking problem? And boy, I would say after this pandemic, uh, a lot of us are going to have to address a lot of things for sure. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this: United States government now saying that employers can mandate that uh, you get the shot, you get the jab, you get the vaccine. What's really interesting about this, though, is they're talking to first responders right now all over the country in some major metropolitan cities. You have firefighters, you have paramedics, you have police officers. In one city, 47% have decided to not get the vaccine. And think about this. A lot of these police officers, a lot of these paramedics, And a lot of these firefighters, they've seen people with COVID and they have seen firsthand what happens when you don't have a vaccine. And in fact, all you have to do is look at countries all around the world right now that are struggling. Some of them will not get the vaccine. We're finding out till 2024 is other countries now step in line. They pull out their checkbooks and they start buying vaccines from anyone they can buy a vaccine from. Ron, what is your take on this? Because... It seems like a lot of employers are going to approach this in the U.S. with kind of a don't ask, don't tell model. Uh, a grocery store I go in often, you can now take your mask off. And I asked the gentleman who owns it, he's a friend of mine. I said, do you know if your employees are vac- vaccinated or not? And he said, I don't know. I said, well, then how do you feel about them taking their mask off and working at the register? He said, I don't feel great about it, but I feel in a really tough spot here and I don't want to get sued. What's your take? I I think that people should mandate this. It's really funny to me uh, when we talk about science, we talk about technology and we talk about really all this is based in conspiracy theory and conjecture. It's been politicized. People love to take all the technology and science that has now become invisible to them and just ignore it. So I find it deeply ironic that someone could take out their cell phone and tweet up a tweet storm about how they're anti-science and anti-vax and that there's all these hoaxes when the very technology they hold in their hand is packed full of science and research and technology that is almost science fiction. 
The fact that you can take out a, a, a device that's a, a powerful computer, beam a message off a satellite in space, have it come down to a computer somewhere in the world that you don't know about, and then it shows up on all these other devices around the world. If you would have told that to someone 100 years ago, they would say, you're crazy. And so now... That, that, that technology is fine. That science is acceptable. But if scientists have a supercomputer that has developed this vaccine with, uh, you know, with RNA and they're able to decode that RNA and then develop this vaccine on a fast track to put that in your arm to possibly save your life. Now that's a hoax. That's a, that's a bridge too far. That's politicized. Uh, you can't force me to do that. I've got rights. And it's like, well, do you have rights when you have clean drinking water? Or I, I told someone that was anti-vax uh, last week, I was like, remember that time you didn't get smallpox? That's because you got vaccinated from smallpox. And it no longer killed 300 million people on the planet. So th this really drives me nuts. I hope that big-time employers have the courage. Because it's really going to take some political courage to step forward and go, yes, we're a vaccine company. You need to get vaccinated. If you don't, you're, you're welcome to not work here anymore. Yeah. And you'll see this rolling around in the courts, I'm sure. I'm kind of amazed here, even in the state of Washington, like I was reading the other day, State Patrol, for instance, they don't know and they're not keeping track. Uh, they don't know if their officers, if their troopers are vaccinated or not. And you would think with this new directive from the United States government, uh, and they have the courts to back them. You, you, you think a lot of these agencies would step forward and say, Hey, if, if you want to be a trooper, you got to take the shot. But here in Washington state, where I would consider this state to be very vaccine friendly. That's not, that's not happening with these state workers. Well, I think after we saw the Capitol riot on January 6th, that people have realized that, that there's a fringe group that's not messing around. And what I mean by that is they do not, companies do not want to dip their toe in political waters when it means that folks could show up with guns uh, and protest you. The first big company that steps in here, there will be protests. And in some parts of the country, that will involve people with weapons. I, I don't doubt that. If you're, let's say, Starbucks or if you're Amazon or if you are a big tech company uh, and you put this into practice, let's say you're Amazon and you go, okay, all of our warehouse workers coast to coast, everybody needs to get vaccinated. There are some fulfillment centers in the middle parts of the country where it could get violent. That's not outside the realm of possibility now. You could have some of these groups that they were uh, 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 affiliated with the groups that went to Washington and stormed the Capitol armed could say, oh, hell no, not, not on my watch. Like, this is my right to not get vaccinated. And so I, I think there's a reticence of these companies to say, I'm not going to be the yeah. first one in. Starbucks will be interesting. We we talked to a friend of ours who is in management at Starbucks, and I talked to a different friend of mine at a Starbucks who's also a manager, and, and I said, what are you telling your employees? And it's like, we aren't telling them they have to get vaccinated to come to work, even though this particular manager felt that way. You wonder now with the back of the United States government uh, if they'll step in here, because uh, some of these companies are going to have to, especially is a lot of these companies now are beginning to call their workers back to buildings, back to elevators, back to shared bathrooms, uh, back to shared spaces. And I mean, I'd go a step further. If you're currently getting unemployment benefits, you should not get one more check until you can demonstrate you're vaccinated. We'll see you on the other side of this. 
They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Uh, we did a Ron and Don sit down and we sold our house for well over asking. I just knew that, you know, it was, it was a no brainer for me to at least reach out and try to see if it'd be a good situation and a good, uh, a good fit for both of us. Of course, I had to talk about this with my wife first and, you know, she was extremely skeptical, uh, skeptical about working with Ron and Don because, uh, what do a couple of radio and podcast guys know about real estate anyways? They, they don't know anything, right? Uh, I mean, we're in Port Orchard, Washington. I mean, there's, we had a, uh, a really cool home. I mean, I love the house. My wife loved it. Um, and there, but around us, there was nothing else like our house. Uh, they really came prepared. They, and you know, at the same time, I mean, they generally cared about just learning about us, the family, what our goals were. Um, and just really worked with us to see if actually selling the home was a good option. They really won over my wife during that sit down, uh, with their preparation, their market knowledge, their advice. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was, uh, I want to say 25 to 50,000 over asking. And I was like, yeah, I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? I mean, this is a great offer. And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like, I don't know, seven or eight more offers and and offered a hundred thousand over asking, which um, which was crazy to me. And yeah, I mean, I was I had to eat some of that humble pie and apologize to the wife and tell her I was wrong and all that fun stuff. Ron and John went completely out of their way for us over here when we we're selling our house, and I feel like they'll do anything to earn your business. <laughs> Don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at RonandDonSitDown.com. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 270 of The Ron and Don Show. And the real estate market continues. It usually cools off a little bit in the Pacific Northwest in the summertime. That's not happening. So we're still doing lots of sit-downs, aren't we? Absolutely. And we can set up a Zoom call for you straight away. Just email me, ron at windermere.com. Uh, if you want those uh, playbooks, just let me know. I can send it out to you. Yeah. Just sold a beautiful home in Beacon Hill. Uh, just sold a beautiful home in the Central District for a friend of mine that's a police officer. And guess what? We have a house that just went up for sale in Snohomish. So as you can see, we just closed on one in Ballard. The Ronadon Nation is vast. The Ronadon Nation lives everywhere. And that's why we have listings everywhere. So if you're within the shadow of our voice, uh, don't think that uh, we're not going to come and help you too. All right? Ronadonsitdown.com. I thought this was uh, interesting. There's a story out this week, and it says, does the nation have a drinking problem? And it talked about how we as a nation, how we consume alcohol compared to other parts of the world and the way that they look at alcohol. I think this is interesting, Ron, because you've traveled a lot. So I'd like to get your perspective. I do have to say this. I have a, a friend that owns a local grocery store. Uh, I had read this story and I asked him, I said, what have alcohol sales been like for you this year? 
Uh, and he had told me about six months ago during the pandemic, he said, Don, I'm selling as much beer and wine in a day as I used to sell in a week. He said, I have to have a stalker uh, that is stocking those shelves all the time, consistently. Uh, and it's true. You go in that store any time of day and there's someone stocking, stocking the liquor aisle. And this is a very small uh, neighborhood store. I asked him the other day after reading this, has it uh, increased, decreased, been kind of the same? He says it's increased. So what is your take on this? We've been through a lot of trauma. A lot of times when people go through trauma, they numb. I know that's what I've done in my past. You, you numb and you drink. Uh, but also when you want to celebrate something and you get a bunch of friends together, and that's going to be happening now as we take off our masks. And we just talked about getting vaccinated and having a backyard barbecue, which, which we just had. And some people are going to like to drink. You have a wedding. You celebrate. Some people like to drink. Uh, You have a funeral. I remember when my grandpa passed away. There's a lot of drinking uh, at his wake as a result of that. Uh, You go to a baseball game, you might have a drink. If you can't have a drink inside, you might have a drink out in the parking lot. I know for me, it's one of the reasons I had to push away from football for a little while. uh, Because my connection to football was my connection to drinking. It had a very, very strong... Uh, And your 40 time had really slowed down. Yeah, it had a very strong connection for me. Someone came in my house the other day and they gave me some wine glasses and they said, why don't you have wine glasses in your house? And I told people, I said, well, I broke them all. True. I threw them all away because when I would see those wine glasses, it would become a trigger for me. It's not a trigger anymore, but early on when I was deciding, hey, I want to go, I want, I want to try to live an alcohol free lifestyle, I had to do things where I took things out of my house where I weren't triggered by them. Now, after a lot of work and therapy, I can see a wine glass and it's not a trigger. I can go to a baseball game and 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 sit there and have a bottle of water with a friend. It's not a trigger. I can go to a backyard barbecue and everyone can be having a great time or a wedding, whatever it is. It's not a trigger, but it's taken some time to get there. So what is your take on America having a drinking problem? Because I've certainly had one. Um. I think it's probably true. I mean, in full disclosure, like I've I've drank more in 2020 than I probably have in my adult life. And this is coming from someone that I feel like I'm pretty evolved. I've gone through a, a lot of counseling. I've read a lot of books. You've talked about before. I'm pretty good with emotional intelligence. And I, I sort of I was actually just texting with my a friend of mine this morning where it's like I used to dismiss trauma. Like when people would talk about their trauma and all the time, I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like get over it, grow up. Like it's time to, you know, you're an adult now. Um, and I was wrong on that. Like the, the, the traumatic effects of this pandemic are real. Uh, I've noticed it physiologically and in your sleep cycles and in mood cycles and the depression and sadness and anger and anxiety and all those things where you have two things going on in your mind. And on the one hand, you're like, I should be grateful. I'm less impacted than most people. I still have a great place to live. I can still go to the grocery store and not have food anxiety. I still have supportive friends like my, my pal Don. Uh, I can still go do things. Uh, and my, my career has been relatively uh, stable compared to a lot of other people. And so you feel guilty, or I feel guilty, when you have these negative feelings or negative uh, emotions. And so there have been times where I've uh, reached for the bottle. And I think people that are probably less evolved than I am or have not done the work that I've done probably reach for it more. Like it, it totally makes sense to me. 
Uh, and I'm still not out of the woods yet in terms of like, okay, like for, for a lot of years, I could just be like, all right, I gained, I gained a couple pounds. I can just flip the switch and get it back to the, the weight I want to be at. And, you know, I can, I'll be there in two weeks and, and I could do that. I haven't been able to flip that switch this time yet. And so I'm still processing that in terms of other cultures. That's really interesting to think about as well. Cause I mean, I haven't been all over the world, but I've been quite a few places in the world. Um, it was funny, like somewhere like, like China, if you're a businessman, you, you drink like that is part of the culture there pre pandemic during the pandemic, after the pandemic. And it is like, you're drinking lighter fluid, like the, the businessman drink to show that you can hang and show that you're macho and that you're together is like, Oh my God, what are we drinking lighter fluid? Like, what is this? Uh, and so that's baked into their culture there. I can't speak to the the rest of the population. It's what I've experienced. Um, you know, Europe, it's more laid back. I think, you know, you'll have a bottle of wine with your meal. Like it's part of the, the festivities, if you will, it's part of the culture in terms of like, if you're having this dish, this sort of wine goes with that dish. Um, at least in my experience, but the Asian countries I've been through are liquor drinkers, the European countries I've been to are more uh, wine, like paired with food drinkers. But I think that everybody has increased that. And and I, to be honest, and maybe you have a different perspective than me on this, I don't necessarily blame them. It is an, a relatively easy way to numb when you're overwhelmed and you feel trapped. And like, I cannot get out of my apartment right now. Um, I have no office to go to. And I need something yeah. to take the edge. My kids are here 24-7. My partner's here 24-7. I need something to take the edge off. Yeah, I think the trap game that, that and, I, and I just remind myself, you know, the, the, the word alcoholic sometimes is, is a disservice. So like with my therapist, she doesn't think I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Is, is a, and, then, and then we all often ask ourselves, well, what is an alcoholic? Uh, and and we, we have to understand when you look at neuroscience, the brain is a muscle. Your heart's a muscle. If you don't take care of that heart, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to have a heart attack. It doesn't mean you have heart disease, but it does mean that you are on a path where at some point your heart isn't going to be able to function and be there for you, right? Because you haven't taken good daily care of it. Sometimes we forget that about our brain. Your brain is, it's, it's, a, it's a mushy muscle, and your brain can change over time. So for me, by dialing back on the drinking, focusing on what I'm eating, it, it took some time for my brain to change. But when it did, this is what I found out, that drinking actually caused me more anxiety. And a lot of times when we drink, we're, we're, we're doing that to soothe, or sometimes we're doing it just because it's damn fun. Uh, but as we get older and we do that alone... <laughs> and we're, we're beginning to, to, to cope, you, you have to understand the brain lies to you because that feeling that you get for the first 40 minutes when you have dopamine firing, serotonin firing, I mean, all the good chemicals in your brain, they fire for about 40 minutes and then they stop firing and then you start chasing that firing, that, that, that feeling. And so you drink some more and then the next thing you know, you wake up, you get out of bed, maybe you have a hangover, and then the hangover's a reminder, well, do I want to do this again? And then maybe a few days later, or maybe the next night, 
you run into an issue, a problem, you come home from work, there's some issues with the kids, a partner, your job, this pandemic, whatever it is, and, and, and your brain remembers those first 40 minutes. It doesn't remember the hangover from the other morning. It remembers those 40 minutes and the way those 40 minutes feel. And guess what? Most of the time, those 40 minutes win, right? Because especially when you get around other people and they have maybe a similar habit. And the next thing you know, the next thing you know, emotionally, and this doesn't mean you're an alcoholic, but it does mean that you're beginning to change that muscle. You're beginning to change your brain. And when your brain changes, if you continue to drink or you continue to drink more, uh, you will continue to go down a slippery slope of your life, creating more anxiety for yourself. And what I found in my life, it never gets better. It just doesn't. When the first time I stopped drinking, I did a six month challenge with my therapist and she said, did your life get better, worse, or the same? And I kept a journal every single day. And you know what I found out? Every single day, and it doesn't mean that life was easy, but every single day, life did get better. So I would just encourage you, if you're going to a wedding and you're going to have some champagne and everyone's going to toast, that makes sense. And if you're out in a backyard barbecue and everyone's having a cold beer, or you're at a, a, a ball game, that makes sense. But if you're in a place like I was, where you're beginning to drink alone and by yourself, and maybe you don't see yourself as an alcoholic, but you still see and you still feel those first 40 minutes, and you know, you know if you're chasing those 40 minutes or not. You know if you're like me, because I was chasing those 40 minutes, that feeling of those 40 minutes. Somehow, some way, it's time to do it different and make some different decisions. There's a lot of help online. Uh, and just reach out to me. There's a lot of cool podcasts I listen to, books that I've read, and I don't mean to get speechy with any of you, uh, but if you struggled like I have, uh, just reach out, Don O'Neill at windermere.com, and we will see you on the other side of this. Let's get it done in 2021 with Ron and Don. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 270 of the Ron and Don Show. Is, is there a sport that, you, that you've always wanted to play or you see some kids out doing something in a ball field and you're like, man, why, why didn't, and, and I always see this when I see kids playing baseball, especially young kids that can play really well. Like when you see a seven, eight, nine-year-old that can really play the short shortstop position, it's a beautiful thing. Or you see a, a long, lanky kid who's 10 and he's standing over on third base. And if he's lucky enough to get the ball hit to him, he can throw it all the way to first. I didn't start playing baseball until uh, later in life. And I'm not very good at it. But it's a sport that I love. And I, and I wish I was better at it. And it's one of those sports where you just you have to start at a young age. It's like learning Spanish. If you don't start at a young age, you're never going to be a good third baseman or a good shortstop. Because uh, it just takes so much time and so the, many reps. The sport for that for me is lacrosse. Oh, I yeah. thought if I was a little kid and That's would have learned game. how to play that, yeah, it would have been super fun. Yeah. Well, CC Sabathia. I don't know if you know him from the New York Yankees. Of course. Uh, how would you How would you describe him? He's a six time All Star, and he's he was an incredible pitcher. 
uh, in Major League Baseball for years, and he just kept pitching. And the older he got, the better he got. It was really incredible. Yeah, I mean, Major League at the highest level, played in in many playoff games, World Series games. I mean, he was uh, the guy that you wouldn't hesitate to put the ball in his hand. Yeah, and a big guy, too. And, and, and sometimes a guy that you thought, huh, seems a little out of shape. I wonder what he's doing on a major league mound. And then you'd watch him pitch and you're like, oh, okay, that ma- that makes sense to me. Just a true, pure athlete. Sometimes when, when he would be driving to go to Yankee Stadium, uh, he would he would he would see <laughs> he would see men's leagues and beer leagues. He'd see them them playing softball, especially on Tuesday nights out in Central Park. And he thought to himself, Man, I all he always wanted to go and play softball with the guys just in a, in a beer league on Tuesday night. So he ended up signing up for a league, which people couldn't believe. He had to go out and buy his own equipment. He hadn't bought his own equipment since he's a little boy. Of course. Because when he's a you're, professional player. Yeah, professional player. Your bats are provided. Your gloves are provided. And all. So he had to go out. He, he, he actually bought a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball glove. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Griffey showed up at the ball yard the other day. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was sitting up in the uh, in the broadcast booth. Oh, that's cool. So, 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 so. Anyway, he went out. He played his first game, and 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 it was a little rusty dog, and didn't play very well, and and barely got on first, and had a couple fielding errors. And it's kind of different when you're used to being a pitcher. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're a first baseman, or you're a pitcher that doesn't normally bat, and now you're having this opportunity to bat. Because he is a great athlete, they say that he is just now cranking the ball. And and here's a guy who was a pitcher didn't didn't bat a lot. He, he, he and I think he had one home run major, maybe in Major League Baseball. They say he 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 is putting the softball now in places that they've never seen it in Central Park before. And 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 guys love oh, they're, they're going out on Twitter them. and they're like, hey, just want to let you know. Uh, and they're called the Warriors, and these guys on the Owls. Owls taking on the Ward. Hey, just want to let you know, I'm, I, I'm. Can, can you imagine this in New York? The way that people feel about him because he's a legend. Hey, uh, I just playing some uh, Tuesday night, you know, beer league, and uh, CC Sabathia is. CC's up. on my team. He's uh, he he he's up at bat right now. You know so. who used to do a similar thing while his career was in progress? Is Kevin Durant would go play pickup games at the big time parks. Oh really? He he would show up, just get out of his car, and if it's three on three or whatever, uh, he would do this in Oklahoma. He did this sometimes at the Rucker in New York. He would just go play. Like Kevin Durant is on your three on three team at the at the local park where the nets made out of chain. Uh, and he would like during his career. So but I, I like guys to do. I guess it shows the purity of the, the your love for the game that you love to do it. But you know you are risking an injury, especially if you're Kevin Durant. And you're doing it during your career. Yeah, I love it. Did Ken Griffey Jr. fly in his own plane? I don't know how he arrived, but he was up in the uh, he was up there in the in the stands. I, I was talking to someone that saw him on the street, and he's like, he knew that I knew that he was Ken Griffey. It's like he he didn't say anything. He could tell in my face that I noticed it was him. That's got to be weird to walk into the stadium and you got a statue of yourself out in front. You know what, though? Someone should ask him, how come you guys had the greatest team in baseball ever in 1995 and you underperformed? No one, no one, no one has the hair to ask that question because that team went farther, we think, in our mind than any other Mariners team. And so we're thankful for that. But that's a team that should have wins. won multiple pennants. What? 116 wins. Not that team. Not the 95 team. That's the 2001 team. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and they did worse. 
So anyway. I'd take, I'd take the playoffs. I'd take getting bumped in the first round of the playoffs. I would. I would take a World Series. Right. I, I turned on the radio the other day and I heard, uh, yeah, and Scott Service, and, you know, uh, in a year and a half, this team's going to be rebuilt. And I just turned the channel. Yeah. As soon as I heard a year and a half and the team's going to be rebuilt, because that's been going on for decades, just decades here, and we're tired of it. Anyway, CC Sabathia, how about that? Playing on your uh, playing, playing on your beer league team. I think that's kind of cool. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by. Listen to episode 270. Over a million spins now of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks to you. We're surely grateful for that. Also, don't forget, licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need our help buying, selling, listing, uh, don't spend more money on a listing than you need to. And at the same time, make sure. I saw a compass listing go up the other day, and there were sheets hanging in the front window of this house for sale and the grass out front was a foot and a half. <laughs> I almost went and mowed the grass for the agent. I'm like, man, you can't do that. You should probably take those sheets down out of the window. I can't believe you listed it like that. There are a lot of homes being thrown on the market right now, just thrown, being thrown on the market because people don't want to miss this real estate opportunity. And guess what? Throw your home on the market, go for it. You're not going to get multiple offers. You're just not. It has to be turnkey. It has to be cream puff, and you got to do it right. You got to do the right work on that house to hit the right number and get multiple bids. So everything that you see in the paper, it's going on right now with multiple bids. I'm talking to people, and then I walk in, and they don't want to do the work, and they don't want to paint, and they don't want to replace things. They don't want to fix appliances. They don't want to do their yard work. Uh, they don't want to get the roof fixed. You don't do those things. Uh, people that are moving here that are in the tech world will not be interested in your house, and it's just going to sit. In my seat right now, there are three houses on the hill, including the one right across the street from me. My neighbor, he should have painted his house. He didn't do it, and now his house is just sitting there. Three houses on the street sitting because people didn't do the work. And then right up the street on 12th Avenue West, we did all the work. And this was on a rental, some deferred maintenance. That thing sold when we put it on the market immediately. So that's what we do in the Ron and Don Nation. That's what Ron and I do as brokers. We spend a lot of our time bringing these properties to the front line. We call it being front line parade ready. All right. And we can do that. Just reach out to us. Ronanddonsitdown.com. Do not put your property up for sale without doing the work and doing the right work. And don't allow some realtor to come in and convince you you need a whole kitchen remodel when you don't. All right. Sometimes you just need lipstick. And not necessarily on a pick. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time for episode 271. Only! On the the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.